and welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you are joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story. It is because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option, or you can download our app and choose to give there as well. Again, we are so excited to get ready to hear a powerful message from God's Word. Blessings to you. Well, good morning. morning. How's everybody this morning? Good? All right, great, great. Hey, I hope you notice in a couple weeks there our new service time, so check that out and, and just remember that. Put that on your calendar and uh, tell somebody about it. It'd be a great time to tell somebody to come to church. We're changing our times and, and just let them know that. And so I uh, just want you to get ready for that. Hey, if, if I fall asleep today and fall off the stage, I have an excuse, okay? Uh, Friday night we had a lock-in. And uh, that means you come somewhere and you stay all night long and you don't get much sleep, okay? Hey, look at this hair, all right? This is not ready for, to stay up all night, right? But uh, so if I just fall asleep and fall off stage, you'll know what happens. Now, young people and youth workers, I have to stay awake during the service, so you've got to stay awake during the service, okay? But uh, we hope we'll do that. We've got some pictures for you that I just wanted to show you about this weekend, and uh, that was about, I don't know, what was that, Joe? About 2 o'clock in the morning, I think. And uh, notice there we're at the new land and had a bonfire and a worship service there. Notice it says the future. It's not just the land, but it's what's below it. That's the future. That's the future along with our children. And uh, we just had a great time together. Had about 55 students here, and we're just seeing God do some great things uh, in, in what he's doing. And God has given us some tremendous youth workers, and some of them are sitting right here. And, and guys, they are amazing. I mean, they are, they, they were looking forward to this thing more than I was, okay? I mean, they were so excited Friday that I don't think they could stand it. I don't know if they slept Thursday night. You know, I'm like, God, get me through this. God, I got to have some help now. But they told me, said, hey, we'll stay awake all night, Stephen. We'll take care of it. And I knew they would. And uh, I, was, I was not worried about it. But we had a great time. And I want to give a good shout-out to somebody else this morning, my wife. This week, we've been married 33 years. I got that right, didn't it? 33 years. So uh, I want to give a big shout-out to her. Now, I know I don't look old enough to be married 33 years, so I know that's hard for you to understand. But, uh, yes, it, it has been 33 years, and I sure appreciate her and how she puts up with me. Now, let me ask you a question. What would you like to change about yourself? Now, I'm sure if I was asked your mate about that, they could tell me, okay, what they'd like to change about you. But what would you like to change about yourself? Maybe you'd like to be more outgoing, or, or maybe you'd like to be more confident, or maybe say, I, I wish I was not so anxious, or maybe I wasn't so fearful. And all of us, no matter where we are in our life, there's some room for development. Would you agree with that? Uh, no matter how old we are this morning. Now, the older we get, the less we like to change, okay? Would you agree with that? All right, I would. So, But today we're going to look at that. Maybe you've even read some you know, self-help books. Uh, you've been to the seminars and, and then 
what did you do? You just kind of slipped back to where you were, right? And so today we're going to talk about the power to change and, and, and where that change comes from and what change looks like for us as followers of Jesus Christ. We've been in a study for the last few weeks in the book of Galatians, and Pastor Mark has been speaking to that. And we're going to continue today in the fifth chapter of Galatians. And, and a lot, really, of, of chapter 5 and chapter 6 is a lot about transformation. It's about change. In fact, Pastor Mark shared that first verse there in chapter 5 last week. It says, Christ has set us free. Basically, you could substitute the word there, Christ has changed us or is changing us, okay? So stand firm and don't turn back to your old self and be bound by slavery. Now, how many of you here this morning, don't raise your hand, but struggle with your old self? We all do, don't we? That's a battle we have. But, but the Scripture says that, that Jesus, through his life and death and resurrection, has overcome that old self for us. And in the, the fifth chapter here, Paul kind of throws out a commercial. I really think that's the best way to, way to compare it. Uh, how many of you love to watch commercials, okay? Except when you're watching a movie, right? You know, there's more commercials now than there are programs. Huh? But, but, you know, I watch the Super Bowl sometimes just to see the commercials. You know, that Doritos commercial, I just love that thing. I don't even eat Doritos. I went and bought about four packs of them the next day. You know, but, uh, you know, we remember that commercial, Where's the Beef? You remember that one. Okay, we remember those different commercials in Kentucky Fried Chicken. Some of you students hadn't heard the finger licking good, you know. It just made us want to go out and buy some chicken. And uh, Nike, everybody knows the Nike commercial. What is it? Just do it. Man, those things, it was amazing what those three words did to that product. But basically, in Galatians chapter 5, Paul paints a word picture of what change looks like. And, and even the process of change. And if you'll notice there on the screen, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, and then 22 and 23, look what it says. But I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, when you walk somewhere, what do you do? You go from destination A to destination B, right? You take an action. You take steps. And a lot of times, maybe if you've gone somewhere, you're doing a tour somewhere. Uh, we were down in, in Wilmington last week and, and uh, where the, the show Tree Hill was, was, was the show there. But some of you remember that and, and, and we love that. And, uh, but, you know, you could get a guide there and, and, and they basically tell you things. You follow them. You listen to their voice and, and respond to their instructions. And when he's talking about walking here, it's the concept of yielding. Okay, yield to the Holy Spirit in your life. Now today, a lot of times what we use is a GPS, right? The Holy Spirit, in a sense, is the GPS of what God needs for us to do. Now notice he continues there, and here's the picture. Here's the picture that Paul has painted for us of what it means to have a Spirit-filled life, okay? To walk in the Spirit. Because before that, basically, he had showed some things about human nature and a lot of the immoralities that the Galatians were following. But look what it says here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. 
Now, as you looked at that, I'm sure some of you thought, yeah, that's me right there. That's my picture. No. Mm -mm. You know, as I went through this message this week and studied the last couple weeks, I thought, God, I'm not doing real good here. How many of you today would say this passage describes your life? Not a lot of us, would it? And, and, and so Paul is saying this is what life can look like. Instead of loving others, what do we do? We, we kind of act hateful, don't we? Instead of living joyfully, we're, we get depressed or we're discouraged and we feel defeated. Instead of the peace in our life that the Bible talks about, it seems that we're uptight or pressured. Instead of patience... Maybe you're just feeling frustrated and you're just irritated at life. And instead of modeling goodness, it's like you feel like there's nothing good about me or anybody else. You say, Pastor, when you talk about self-control, I'm out of control. Yeah, that's how some of us feel today. Now, here it is. This is the picture of the contrast between the power of God in our life and relying on our own power. So, so Paul is saying, when you rely on the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God begins to work in you, then basically what happens, God produces these characteristics when we begin to trust Him, when we walk by the Spirit. God has a part in our spiritual growth, and we also have a part in our spiritual growth. God provides the power, but we have to flip the switch to turn that power on. And we have to respond to what God is doing in our life. So where does that start, Stephen? How does that happen? Here's the first thing. God uses a process, okay? God uses a process to develop the fruits of the Spirit in our life, around our heart, okay? God uses a process, and that's, that's what I want you to see this morning. That's where change happens, okay? There's a process that God is using to change your life if you're a follower of Christ. If you're not a follower of Christ this morning, and, and, and you're experimenting with that, or you're thinking about that, change when you become a Christian. You don't change immediately, Okay? It's a process as God begins to work through those different areas of your life. You're still going to struggle with that old nature. But what the Scripture wants you to see is God has overcome that old nature. That's not who you are. That's who you were. So it's a process. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Look what it says, therefore. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away, and behold, the new has come. Listen, you don't have to give in to that old nature of your life, okay? God has got something new for us. It's called transformation. And God has begun that process. Now, here's where I struggle with all the time. I struggle with who I used to be. Some of you here, you struggle with who you used to be. Maybe you're thinking this morning even that you don't even know if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, because you're struggling so much with that old nature. Tell yourself, I am a new person. God has created and is creating something within me. Now, here's the next part of that process. It's a partnership. Okay? It's a partnership. God is working with you. I came across a story, and I love the story, and there's this little old lady, and, and she was a, a, just an exciting prayer, 
you know, just a person that just bubbled with excitement. And she would get on, you know, get on her back porch every day and just cry out to God and say, Thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for being so good to me. Thank you for all you've done to me. And she had a neighbor that just hated anything to do with God. And every time she'd get on that back porch and holler at it, he just hated it. And after a few, you know, not I don't know, a few days, finally he began to tell her, there is no God, you're making all that up. I'm tired of hearing you and, you know, what you're saying is true. And then, and then she'd just make her, she'd just get out there and praise the Lord louder. You know, she, she was a booger. And uh, so she was struggling financially. And it uh, came to month end, and she'd given a lot of stuff away, didn't, didn't have a lot of food, and she got on her back porch and began to cry out to God, God, I know you're going to provide everything I need, but God, I need some food. I need some groceries, and I don't know what I'm going to do, Father, for the rest of this month. Well, the next morning, she got up, and unbeknowings to her, that neighbor of hers that didn't believe in God had went out and bought her a bunch of groceries and stuck it on her back porch. And so she comes out on that same back porch where she'd usually go out there and praise God. And she saw those groceries and she just started praising God and lifting him up. And, and that neighbor came over there and said, I told you, I told you there wasn't no God. I bought them groceries. She looked right at him and began to praise, said, thank you, God. You bought me some groceries, but you didn't just buy me some groceries. You got the devil to pay for them. <laughs> so God can use a partnership. Okay. God's got a part, but you have a part. Look what he says in Philippians 2, 12 and 13. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. First of all, he says there to work out your salvation, okay? And then he turns around and says, it is God who works in you. That's kind of confusing sometimes, isn't it? Notice, though, it doesn't say work for your salvation. You can't do anything to work for your salvation. It's a gift of God. And what Paul wants us to see here is that they have to develop their own faith, work out your own faith. It's not something your parents can do for you. It's not something your spouse can do for you. It's not even something your pastor can do. And, and, and what he wanted them to see and wants us to see is that we have to work out our salvation. Okay, We have to respond to what God is doing in our life. Here's what God does, guys. God works on the inside. Notice what it says there. It is God. Okay? It is God who works in you. God goes to work on the inside of our life. That's where he starts. Watch this this morning. God is working on the inside. God is working in you this morning. And here's the strange thing. See, we think when God is working that God's just going to automatically change our behavior. And, and, and we look at people and we think that necessarily is what God's going to automatically do. God doesn't start with your behavior. Okay? God starts with how we, how we appear, okay, sometimes. Not necessarily, all right? He doesn't start with that problem. God starts with the solution. And the solution is what's inside of us. The solution is our soul or our spirit. That's where God starts in our life. The first thing we try to do is change our behavior. Okay? 
instead of letting God change that behavior and really realizing that God is working inside of us. Here's, here's kind of what we do. There's something going on in our life or we don't feel like we're where we need to be. So we stop doing something. Okay? We stop doing something. Or we get out of a bad relationship. Or we focus on something else. Listen to me this morning. Just because you stop doing something or you get out of something, if you haven't let God change what's inside, if you haven't responded to what he's doing there and you hadn't began to work out what he's working in, what you stop doing or what you quit doing is not going to change your life. You're going to look back four or five weeks later and you're going to have been stopped doing what you're doing. There's no change. There's no happiness. There's no peace. And you're going to end up going right back to where you were. Because it's not about behavior. It's about what God does on the inside. Notice it, it says there that who works. It is God who works. It works is plural. It's a continual thing. God is continually working inside of your life. It's not just on Sunday morning, okay? It's not just in life group. The word here means to be active, to effectively produce all right? That's what he means there when he says he works. We have to respond to what God is doing in our life by worshiping him. Okay? And that's not just on Sunday. Worship him during the week. Find the place where you can worship him. Pray and ask for his guidance. Seek his presence. Seek his forgiveness in your life. And then all of a sudden, those things will begin to happen in our life. So how does God change us? It's a process. It's a partnership. Okay? God produces fruit in us by allowing us to encounter situations that are exactly the opposite of the fruit that we need in our life. Okay? You say, you know what, God? I need to be more loving. God, I realized I'm, I'm not real loving. I'm not real gentle. You know what God will do? He'll put the most cantankerous, ordinary person you've ever seen in your work and challenge you to love them. Your neighbor might get ornery as he's ever been. Maybe that family member that just rubs you like sandpaper. That's what will happen. Or maybe you're in a situation and, and God says you need to have peace in your life and you know it and you know that needs to happen and, and all of a sudden you're getting the, you know, the midst of chaos. Everything just happens in your life. The phone rings, the water's boiling over, the baby's crying, the dog's using the bathroom on your new rug and your husband's sitting over there with a remote like the world don't even exist. You see, that area of your life where you need that fruit, that's where God's going to do some work. That's how it happens. But notice it says to work out. Work out. In other words, it takes time. Fruit doesn't just develop overnight, does it? It has to ripen. There has to be a seed that's planted. Let me tell you something. When you came to Christ, okay, the seed of the Holy Spirit was implanted in you. And, and that seed is where God begins to produce in you what's going to bear fruit. So work it out. It takes time. The word there, salvation, when it says work out your salvation, it's, it's a word there that basically means deliverance. It means you have to work out where God needs to deliver you from that situation in your life that, that's just terrible, that's causing you 
so much problems and so many things in your life. It takes cooperation. Look what it says in John chapter 15, verse 4. Abide in me. This is the cooperation. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Now watch this. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Okay? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I want you to get this. Be sure you understand this. God never expects you to produce fruit. Okay? Sometimes we think that's what we're supposed to do. The Bible says that we are the vine and he is the branch. We are supposed to bear the fruit that he produces within us. You see? So we've got to be willing and surrender so that God can produce the fruit in our life. Let me tell you something, guys. There is so much more to our relationship with Jesus Christ than going to heaven. Okay? I think we think that when we accept Christ or the spiritual life, it's just about going to heaven. No. The, the, when, he, when he says they're walking the Spirit, he means there, there's an adventure, a journey that God wants you to go on, and he wants to be in that journey with you, and he is producing fruit in you that he wants you to bear. How many of you have ever been on a cruise ship? Okay, a lot of you, a lot of you. You see, I'm the guy on the cruise ship that wears the shirt that says, I'm here for the food. Okay? Man, that, yeah, whoo, I'm just getting to think about it, and it just gets me. I mean, I'm telling you what, it, I could sit there on dock. I could sit there at the dock the whole time, and it'd be a cruise for me. You know what I mean? Because I'm here for the food, buddy. And, uh, man, those things have more food than I've ever seen. I mean, it, you know, it, it's just amazing. But I, I read a, a years ago about a couple that had saved money and, and just to, to go on this cruise and had really not talked to a lot of people about it. And they took a bunch of saltine crackers and peanut butter. And the second day they were talking to somebody and they saw them eating that and, and the person said, well, why are you eating saltine crackers and peanut butter? And they said, well, we can't afford all this lavish food on this cruise. And the guy said, do what? He said, we, just, you know, we could just barely afford you know, the cruise. And the guy looked at them and said, hey, it's all paid for. You're missing out on everything here. The food's paid for. You don't have to pay for it. It's, it's, it's yours. Now, here's what we do in our, our spiritual life. We settle for the ride and the scenery when God has a smorgasbord of blessings and fruit for your life. Bear fruit. God has an amazing life for you here on earth. But you're just sitting around buttering up crackers. Parents, let me ask you a question. What kind of fruit are you bearing? Because you're bearing either one kind of fruit. It's either good or bad. And watch this. Whatever kind of fruit you're bearing, a lot of times it's going to be evident in your child. You see, as a parent, you can't not bear fruit. 
And see, what you bear doesn't just affect you, it affects them. As somebody that's worked with students about all his life, I see that all the time. And I want to challenge you to let the Holy Spirit of God work in you so that you can bear that kind of fruit so that when your children see that fruit, they'll want that kind of fruit. You see, what happens is a lot of times we, we, we want to bear fruit or we want our children to bear fruit and the fruit bearer they see sitting in the seat here is not the same fruit bearer that they see at home. I heard a young boy one time, he said something about, got out of the service and his daddy was complaining about something, this and that, and uh, that it wasn't this, it wasn't that, preacher's too long, he's too loud, music's too loud, lights were too dark, and the boy looked at him and said, well, it looked like to me it's a pretty good show for a dollar, daddy. What kind of fruit are you bearing? What kind of fruit are you bearing this morning? you'd answer that question a number of years ago I was I think I was a lot of years ago what a number of years ago I was a young boy and I remember I can remember this like today I was about to get across the road and about time I got the road I heard stop and I remember I just stopped because that was my mama and I froze when my mama said stop I stopped I mean I was like I was ready to do the karate kid or something you know what I mean and because I'm going to tell you, my mom was old school, okay? When she said, stop, you better stop. Because she says, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. You know what I'm talking about? And she, and she was little. She's a little thing. But, but, man, when she said stop, and I froze right there. Because I was about to enter into the highway or road. I don't remember where, exactly what it was. And there was a car came barreling around the corner. And she hollered at me because she knew I was about to get out in that road and about to get hit by that car. You see, I was sensitive to my mama's voice. Listen to me this morning. When we walk in the Spirit of God and we seek, and when we strive to walk in the Spirit of God, then the voice of God will begin to come clear in our lives. Let me ask you this morning. How many of you has God hollered, Stop! And you disregarded that voice, you ignored it, or you just kept going right where you were at. And you ended up in a toxic relationship. You ended up in a toxic environment. There's somebody here today, God is saying, stop. Listen to my voice, God is saying. You're about to mess up. You're about to do something you wish you would have never done. Listen to me this morning. God wants to speak to you through his word, through other people, through the church, through the pastor. Are you listening? You see, when you seek the Spirit of God, God will begin to speak to you. Are you listening to that small voice? Are you listening to what he's trying to tell you? Are you just ignoring that voice? A few years ago, I was playing golf with a friend of mine, a very, very well-known, influential pastor in Texas, and a guy that I respected, I mean, just a very, a, a lot, was a mentor to me. And his life had taken a bad turn, and he had made some very bad choices. And his life led to this devastating divorce, and he later remarried, and remarried the wrong person, which resulted in another divorce. And, 
And basically, it just dug himself a deep, deep hole. It had been five years since then, and he was on his way to recovery and, 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 and had gotten back to where he, he could hear the voice of God again and respond to that. And I made a comment about his second marriage, and, and he said, Stephen, and listen to this. Here's what he said. He said, Stephen, when you get away from God, your choices have no direction or guidance. He said, what I had to realize and what I realized was that my choices did not hurt God. They hurt me. And they destroyed my life. He said, Stephen, I realized God was doing fine without me. Stephen, I quit involving God in my choices. I no longer heard his voice. I no longer sought his voice. And I was the one to suffer. Walk with the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Who are you walking with this morning? Who are you following? What's got you down? Are you listening to the wrong voices? Can you hear the voice of God? If you were to hear it, would you even respond to it? Or maybe you're here and you say, Stephen, I definitely quit listening to God's voice and I'm right where I'm at right now because of that. I need to hear his voice again. I need that spirit in my life. I, I need those fruits, that love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, self-control. I need that in my life this morning. Maybe you're here and that word picture that Paul painted is really what you need. You've never embraced Jesus Christ. That seed has never been planted in you. And if the seed has never been planted in you, your effort is just going to come back void because you can't do that on your own. But the Spirit of God is drawing you here this morning. The Spirit of God is speaking to you. Are you listening to that voice? How will you respond? Will you let go? Heavenly Father, we pray now that, God, you will just penetrate those hearts. That your spirit will begin to move inside and to help us to see that your power is there, Father. We just got to flip the switch off. God, for that person here today that just needs to let that change flow, and that, Father, let them know it's a process, that you're wanting to partner with them. Lord, for that person that doesn't know you, that's never entered into a relationship with you, Father God, I pray that that will happen this morning. Father, I pray that they will find a relationship with you. they'll open their heart and let you be their Lord and their Savior. In your holy and powerful name we pray. Amen. You're here this morning and maybe God spoke to you. You don't know Christ. We'll have some counselors down here this morning. They'd love to pray with you. They'd love to talk with you. They'd love to tell you what that is. Maybe there's an area of your life you're just dealing with and you just need somebody to pray with you. 
Or maybe you just say, Stephen, when it comes to fruit of the Spirit, I need a bunch of help. Let somebody pray with you. One of the first steps could be just acknowledging it. Maybe there's a parent here today and, and you just need to, to, to make, a, make a move so that your children will know that they're going to have a different mom or daddy when they get home. That you're not going to be perfect, but you're going to start the process. You're going to respond to that partnership. So as the band leads us in some more worship, you respond the way that God would have you respond. Will you stand?